This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. Good morning, Sabrina. Hello, WA. Well, good morning, Steve. Imagine seeing you here at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. What are the chances? You know, what are the chances? Um, I saw a story this week that reminded me of you and I thought I'd share it with the listeners as well. Uh, There's a man in Melbourne Mm. who, who went to an op shop and he bought a giant carrot. He saw it and he thought, I need one of those, took it home. As he was carrying it, he noticed that everyone was looking at him and smiling. And he thought, what a wonderful thing. So he went he went and bought more giant things. Oh. He bought a giant turnip. He bought a giant eggplant. He bought a giant squid. He's on a disability pension. So right. the way he sees it is he wants to give back to the community. So what he do is he carry these giant things around town oh to make people smile. Oh, that is absolutely glorious. Isn't it? I love that. But the one thing he realised was that the carrot got the most smiles and he was very upset because he wanted it to be the squid. Um, so apparently he says things like, you know, uh, like today I was going to watch a DVD. No, I'm going to go out, make hundreds of people smile with my carrot. That's what he does. And that reminded me of you and I thought it was a beautiful thing. My oh. friends in Melbourne have seen him out and about in the city. Oh, really? Yeah, he's How renowned. fantastic. I know. And it's a big carrot. I'm talking maybe, I don't know, 1.7 like, metres. Oh, as tall as him. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. A giant squid would, I don't think a giant squid would be as it wouldn't elicit the same (laughs) as a giant carrot or i'd like to see a giant turnip yeah that'd be hilarious oh it would wouldn't it (laughs) and what would the tentacles of the squid be made of we don't know it's anyway Ah, um so you are a lovely man yeah you're in the studios today but next weekend you're actually going to be in mandemup still broadcasting to us though. yes 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 Yes. so so i'm going to do a little bit of a hop and jump. So I'll actually be in the Albany studio yeah. in the morning. Good studio, that one. Yeah. The Ian Cameron I, studio. I know. I love yes. the Albany. I've been there many times, mm. Steens. Mm. Um, and uh, I hope they know I'm coming. Um, <laughs> I'll email the manager this week, Dobbo. Um, and then um, well, I'm part of a panel on regenerative farming, which is going to be down at uh, Up. So... Uh, you need to buy tickets and and you'd think that I'd have all the details of that but um, I'll I'll find the details any minute now. Um, <laughs> I, from memory it was 3.30 Saturday the 29th of yeah. Feb but we'll get you the venue. Yeah, the venue, yeah. And it goes and they're showing the after the um, panel uh, they're showing the uh, 2040 Oh, yes, the well. Damon Gamow documentary yeah, which yeah. Uh, it basically... It's a, a tribute to his daughter. If we change our behaviours now, mm. how the climate can be, you know, so Rectified many years on. a little bit, yes. Solutions-based so. film. But we'll get you the rest of the details of that All in right. a minute. Sounds good. Give us a call, 1300 222 This is weird. 720. This. My, my. We've got a crackly headphone. I know. I, I don't know. Can the listeners hear? Can you hear the crackly? No, it's all right. It's only me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's cool. Very good. Let's start with Norm, who's in Marmion. G'day, Norm. Good morning, ladies. How are we going? Oh, it's so we're good. sensational because it rained. It did. Exactly. Oh, do you know what happened yesterday, Norm? I was working the rare, rare treat of working in my garden <laughs> yes. all day long, which I never get to do. So it was, you know, 34 and about 90% humidity. Yes. And then it hailed. What? I know. We got hail. Wow. 
Wild. Where do you live? In the hills? No, Willigy. this is Willoughby near Fremantle. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Something yeah. hit me on the head and I thought, oh, that's the nuts <laughs> of the tree. And then many things hit my head. And then I could see hail bouncing off the ground. Look at it that. Was the most, I didn't know it could hail when it's hot. That's so well, interesting. That's awesome, yeah. It must have been one of those dark blue clouds over you. Must have been. <laughs> yeah. which, which I can't see right now. You're a beaming ah, ray of sunshine. Yes, but I am indeed. Very strange. Um, what can we do for you, Dorm? Okay, um, the silver princess. Does it come in different varieties? Because the ones that I've seen growing on the site, you know, in, in the verges, yeah. have got the, the long, narrow silver leaves. Yes. The ones, the ones that I've seen yes. at the, at the, at the um, native nursery up in the northern suburbs, yes. it's got sort of roundish, more leathery type leaves. Yeah, that's correct, Norm. So there's two different strains of that. So there's the original one and then there's one that's sort of hybridised. Now, the thing is... That the um, gun guru is has slightly smaller leaves. The silver princess has larger leaves and larger uh, flowers. Okay, so which is the one that's got the long skinny leaves? That's gun guru. That's Gungaroo. the original. The original, yeah. So that's eucalyptus caesia variety caesia. Right, okay. Sounds too hard. I'll just ask for the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your honesty there, Norm. <laughs> well, it's skinny, it's skinny leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> That's the way, Norm. Yeah, yeah. That'll make yeah. it easier. <laughs> okay, and where... What, what nurseries, other than the northern suburbs one that hasn't got them, where would I, where would I get some of those? Um, okay, so uh, there's a native... Are you, are you sort of around the southern areas? No, we're in Marmion, northern suburbs. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, well, there's... Uh, not far from you, you have to sort of go inland a bit. There's a native nursery specialist. Which begins with an L? No, it begins with a Z. Oh, right, okay. That's and um, the one that begins with an L I thought had closed down. Well, no, it's still it's got to be for sale sign out the front. It's still <laughs> open, but, but they only had the round, the round. Oh, okay. Oh. So definitely go to the one that starts with a Z. Yes, okay. <laughs> and they've okay. got both. They've oh, got fantastic. both varieties, yeah. Conversations oh, that you would only hear on the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you oh, for being respectful of the, ed- the editorial guidelines. Good work, Norm. Good luck. Okay. Cheers, thanks, thanks Norm. 1300 720. Very funny. Uh, Katie is in Dunkraig, also north. Hello, Katie. Hi, ladies. How are you? Oh, Good. we're very well, Katie. How, how would you well. react if you saw somebody carrying a giant carrot through town, Katie? A giant carrot. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about a man who bought one from an op shop. He takes it out to make people smile. Okay. A real one? No, no, oh. you'd hope not. No, I'm talking 1.7 okay. metres and oh, it's... Here. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very <laughs> large <laughs> carrot. Very large. He's a good gardener. Yeah, that's right. That's what you want. Uh, what's your question for Sabrina? Um, just a quick one. I've got about 20 of the purple status plants out yes. in front of my house. Yes. I wanted to dig them up and move them a bit further back into the flower bed. Yeah. What's a good time to do that? I reckon in about um, two weeks. Oh, okay. So we might get some more heat spikes. That's the only That's the only thing. So... Um, once the once I reckon come mid March we should be it should be cooling down a bit. So with status, Katie, you can cut them right back. So um, the flowers or the leaves or everything, flowers and leaves. Oh, okay. So um, you know that'll be the that'll be the go for you. 
And can you rip them? I don't know what the word is. Like you know, like um, tear them in half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what you're looking for there, Katie, is can I can I uh, prune them back and divide them up? Divide them, yes. Yes, yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So in a few weeks, I'll do that. Yeah. So you do that at the same time. You prune them back, dig them up, divide them up, or as in your case, rip them apart um, <laughs> and replant them about mid March. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You, you garden like I do, Katie. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Let's not let's not fancify it. Good luck, Katie. Thanks so much. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty on the text line. Sue from Esperance, can you please let me know what this lovely shrub is? Bought from the markets many years ago. <gasps> I've got one of those. Yeah, now, what is it? It's from South Africa and they call it a South African geranium, but it's not a geranium. And I I had to hunt and hunt. I had a lady came around that was from South Africa and she said, oh, that's a something. And and then I wrote the name down and it's somewhere in my phone. Oh, so you've done what probably so many other people do as well. Yeah. Oh, so no. there will be there will be people out there who know exactly what that is. So it has a bottle brush like flower. It's bright orange and a very large round green leaf and it's a shrub that gets to about well mine's about one and a half meters high. It's beautiful. It's yeah. stunning. But I had to move mine because it doesn't like all day sun, so it needs protection from the afternoon sun. So somewhere in the back of my brain I do want to know what the name of all that right. is. So send us a text zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. It looks like an orange bottle brush. It, that's exactly yeah. what it looks all like. All right. Yeah. I'm sure that something will come through. I'll make sure I refresh the page as well. Mm. Alex has said, Can I grow ginger root in Manjumup? What soiling conditions do I need? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um <laughs> Well, uh, you you could grow it in summer, let us say. I think in winter it might get a little bit chilled and uh, die down to nothing. But, you know, we've got really humid weather now and we're warming up, so uh, they will not tolerate frost of any kind, like gone, dead. They're out. Yeah. Uh, so you put it in um, a big container, like a big pot. It's not so you don't need it more than 40 centimetres deep, but you need the width because the rhizomes will sort of run along the along the box pot. Okay. And where, box. where should you put the, the pot itself? They need all morning sun, afternoon shade and lots of water in summer. All right. Mm. Give us a call, 1300 222 Guess who we've got on the line? Wombat. Hey, me old mate Wombat. G'day, Sabrina. I've got a belated Valentine's poem for you. Oh, hit Wombat. us, Wombat. How wonderful. Lay it on us. Righto. Roses are red, the sky's blue, the ocean's deep, and so is my love for you. Oh, oh Wombat. Beautiful. Very That's nice, it. Wombat. That's it, Wombat. I'm I'm yours forever now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how, how how are your roses? Was it the roses and the gum tree that oh, you found? Yeah, yeah. Roses. Yeah, yeah you're right. Did you how you how'd your tomato crop go this year, Wombat? Yeah, uh, pretty good, Sabrina. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, when I come down and visit you in September, yeah, I want uh, if you've still got any left, I'll have a tomato sandwich. 
Yeah, well, you might have a uh, herring sandwich too, eh? Oh, I love herring. <laughs> Herring's my favourite. Freshly caught herring is my yep. favourite fish, Wombat. Now you get a poem and a three-course meal. <laughs> <laughs> but in exchange, you're giving Wombat some gardening advice. So I feel like this is a fair swap. Everything's fine. I isn't reckon it, so too, Wombat. Yep. Thank you for that beautiful poem. That was great. 1300 Uh Joe is in Jalora. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you going? Good. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Um, I've got a maidenhair fern that had bad mealybug, so I sprayed it with pest oil. Yeah. And now the fronds are all dying. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's not so good, is it? No. Uh, now, uh, you should never, ever use an oil on a fern. Oh. Because uh, the, <laughs> the leaf tissue just gets burnt. Yes. So um, now I'm going to tell you an experiment I did when I was studying horticulture. So we did lots of things with ferns to see what we found that any oil when you sprayed it on just knocked them off. Mm. But we found what worked quite well is burning them. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. But however, there is a risk with this, Joe, because about... <laughs> no, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> about 50% came back. And the other 50% died. Okay. But, you know, if you've got a really bad infestation of bugs, well, we have mm. to do this. It's all research-based, mm. Steen. It is. Um, I won't tell you how many microwave ovens we blew up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get seeds to open up. Uh, I was banned from going into the lab after that. <laughs> I believe that, Sam. <laughs> I believe that. Anyway, if you've got a really bad infestation of mealybug on a fern, mm. there's, there's nothing you're going to be able to do for it, Joe, except oh. burn it. Okay. Because you're going to lose it anyway. So it's worth, it's worth, <laughs> I reckon it's worth a crack, Joe. So Sabrina is encouraging you to light things on fire and that's a, that's a new that's a new high on Roots and Shoots, I think. High or low, I'm not sure. Um, are you going to try it, Joe? Are you up I for this? Well, it's. Looking dead anyway. So well, you've, I'm you've give it a go. that's right. You've already pre-oiled it, Joe. You mm. made yeah. <laughs> true. Pick, pick a pick a non-total fire band day. That's all I'm going to say. As the emergency broadcaster, I'm sure you'll be very responsible. Good <laughs> oh, luck. Yes, Good luck, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, very much. Joe. Thanks. Bye. All right. I've refreshed the the text line. Is it a beaufort? No, oh. no, it's not Beaufortia, a Beaufortia. It's not. It's not Australian. It's a South African. It's definitely not Beau. Oh. She, she was saying Beaufortia squarosa. Somebody's it's put a that. link. I'll get Molly to our uh, producer Molly to see if we can see what that link is. Somebody has said South ah, African plant question yes. marks, but I can't access the link right now. But we'll come back to it. Yes. Um, let's go to the phone lines thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. We've got Raj in Williton. Good morning. Raj. Hey, hey, how are you? Yes, Good. very well, Raj. Hi, Sabrina. How are you going? Hello. Yes, yeah, fine, yes, we're you. here. Yes, hit us with yeah, your we, question, we, Raj. Yeah, we planted a mango tree and it's been more than four years. And yeah. First time we got a flowering this time. Yes. But unfortunately, most of the mangoes who came, very small ones, they become very dark and shriveled. And fallen off. Yes. Nothing. Nothing went to the fruit stage. Actually, yeah. it became okay. very dry. And, yeah. yeah. Now, when the mangoes were flowering this year, Raj, what happened uh, was we got all those strong winds coming through, and yeah. I think it's really affected the pollination. If if the if the mangoes are going black and shriveling up, then that's a fungal issue. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's only young, so. 
Um, I, I think I think a lot of it is to do with age, but the climate it was so we had so many storms this year. I think that's really affected the pollination and also the capacity of a tree to be able to hold on to the fruit. So okay. Mm. So, yeah, we had so much flowering. Unfortunately, I didn't see any one mango at all. Yeah. yeah. So. What, what you need to do pre-flowering, Raj, if you can mm. get some liquid potassium and spray the entire tree, yeah, that, that would be great. That would, yeah, you know, okay. it'll, help, it'll help with flower and fruit set. All right. Give it a go, Raj. Uh, 1300 Looks like we have a winner on the text ah. line, the person who sent us through the, the link from Strange yes. Wonderful Things. What is that? It is indeed. It's a grey uh, Sutherlandii, so the South African bottle brush. So it's quite rare over there. Um, I got mine. Well, I'm not telling you I got mine. <laughs> no, well, no, Sue no. from I Aspen's got... got hers from the markets okay, a year so ago. I got mine from a seed that were, that came from the Perth Zoo. So it's got geranium-like leaves and um, I got mine many, many years ago. So Greya Sutherlandii, G-R-E-Y-I-A. Now, it grows from cuttings, Sue. So if you... If you want to share that plant around, and the birds love it. So it's not a native Australian plant, it's a South African plant. I wonder who our detective is. Well done on the text yeah, line, thank whoever. Thank you very much. Agent 126 is the last three digits of your phone number. Nicely done. Uh, we'll take some more calls. Let's just do a text first. Um, Steph has said, Can you please help my poor memory? I know you spoke about pomegranate trees and water slash retic at the end of last year. I just can't remember your advice. I bought my son-in-law, I think I remember this, in Bayswater, a great pomegranate for Christmas, oh, yeah. currently in a pot higher than the fence. Can yes. you please advise on position and prep to plant? Remind me about the watering. Okay. Full sun. Full sun. Prep the hole with a bit of compost, a little tiny bit of clay and a bit of poo. Um, then uh, you can prune it back in winter. Before, So once you see the flowers developing, stop watering because if you give them too much water, they won't actually develop a lot of fruit. Oh. They just carry on growing. So you've got to sort of really reduce the water as soon as you see those flowers appearing. Okay. There you go, Steph. Hope it helps. Let's go to the phone lines. Digby is in Koji. Hi, Digby. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good Diggy. How's Koji up this morning? Veggies, you're definitely not going to be able to go down past six. Yep. Uh, most, you know, once you drop to five, you're you're really pushing it. So five, I would say five point five. I wouldn't go okay. wouldn't go below that. Yep. Oh, we can buffer it. It's just knowing when to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, what do you know? What it is? Uh, yeah, we're, we're just just hovering over six. Ah, oh, that's all right. Yeah, Digby, that's fine. Okay. Big tick. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. No <laughs> Thanks, worries. Digby. Good luck with the shearing. 1300 222 720.
Got a gardening question for Sabrina? 1300 222 720. Or text 0437 922 720. All right. Uh, somebody, James, has said on the text line, what rain? <laughs> Uh, it's not raining all over the state right now. No, it is no, drizzling no. in Perth and it's the first rain in the gauge that we've had since the 30th of I January. But it's I, I, just got, I, got, I just got some this morning. Yeah, and, and your hail. <laughs> I thought you were and talking about. That was weird. That is weird. That was seriously weird. I was, I was waiting for Armageddon to happen or something. Yeah, well, I'm glad it waited because this show is pretty important. Um, Toby is in Heathridge. Let's get her question. Hi, Toby. Good morning. We've lived in our oh, good morning, ladies. Good morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, we've lived in our house for forty years, and we planted all our garden. Our New Zealand Christmas tree, right up the very top of it, is looking very sad. Okay, so Toby, your Christmas tree, along with about <laughs> six thousand other Christmas trees oh. all throughout Perth. Um, are looking very sad. So they start, they die back. You'll get one stem that dies, starts looking bad, and it dies back. Then you'll get another stem and another stem. Um, and some of the trees have died altogether. Oh. Now, the, the, no disease has been identified. So I don't know if it's a, a, a combination of the water table dropping of rainfall dropping and winters becoming warmer because the new even where the New Zealand Christmas tree grows which is right on the coastal areas of course it's humid and it's wet and it's mm. got beautiful soil so but they're failing those in bottle brushes not that there's a link between the two but the same thing has been happening for quite a few years so with the New Zealand Christmas tree it's been happening over probably about 15 years. Mm. Oh, yeah. So what you have to do is you have to prune off that affected plant, uh, uh, you know, dead bits. Yeah. Um, now, what does seem to help, if you go and get yourself some soil microbes and some yes. compost. Yes, actually, I, my husband bought some yesterday. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, and spread that all around the base of the tree with a wetting agent and water it in really, really well. That that appears to help them recover. Oh, good. That will be wonderful. Because yeah. the trouble is, of course, it's massive. It's, well, you know, sort of 20-odd 20, 20 Yeah, and it's all those beautiful big old ones that are, that are dying, Toby. Yeah. No, the one in the backyard, which we only planted about five years ago, is, is fine. But yeah, the the it's the is, older ones, yeah. I thought it may have been the wind because no. we live about probably a kilometre and a half from the beach. No, no, no. You can actually grow them right on the coast. So it's not. Mm. It's definitely not the wind. I think it's a climatic factor along with a drop in water table. Okay, well, we'll do our best for yeah. our Thank yeah. you very much Thanks, for your Toby. time. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, Toby. 1300 720 on the text line. Uh, when is the best time to take a frangipani cutting from Ken? Now. Now. Yeah, do, do it. it in summer. Now, don't forget, you have to leave it laying around somewhere where the dogs won't chew it for two weeks oh. before because it has to callus over. Because when you look inside a frangipani cutting, there's sort of like this very spongy thing that's all the centre of the plant, and that rots if you plant it straight away. Ah, interesting. Mm. Okay, and Cherie has said, I'm in Bustleton and one of my teddy bear magnolias is struggling. Mm, what Bustleton. Could it, what could it be? Move it. Um, 
Look, the teddy bear is one of the tougher ones, but they're not really, they don't like salt winds, I can tell you that now. Oh, okay. And they like a slightly acidic soil. Okay. So, mm, lots, of, lots of trenching, putting in compost and stuff like that. All right. And Marcus in Kelmscott has asked about that, that shrub again. Uh, Greyer, G-R-E-Y-I-A, Sutherlandii. So obviously it's been named after southern, someone Sutherland. He, he thought pincushion. No, no, not Lucas Berman. No. no. Good to know. All right. No, and, and you did say that. I just couldn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. You didn't want to pronounce that, pronounce did you? That? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to even As you can hear, my brain froze. Yeah, it was buffering. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that one. All right, let's go to Ian, who's in Duncraig. Another call from Duncraig. Good day, Ian. Oh, good morning, ladies. Uh, Sabrina, I've got a question with regard to mole crickets. How do we get rid of them? Ah, the famous... Ah, we should yeah. do a promo on this. We should indeed. Or a little thing on, yeah. online. Now, I'm going to... do. So, I'm going to tell this story uh, again. Now, Ian, in my backyard, so I've got about... Well, I did have about five million mole crickets, I reckon, because you'd hear them all going off. Yeah. Um, I have a, a large pond... A water feature in my around my veggie garden, so it's probably about thirty centimeters deep, and it, it's a, a circular one. So it's not that big. Every single morning, I have to pull out at least six to ten drowned mole crickets, or in the in the process of swimming. Um, so they're clearly attracted to water. At night time. So if you can dig a basin or a couple of basins of water in the ground, because most of my mole crickets are actually in the lawn. Yes. I know this because I can hear them. So not very many of them are in the veggie garden, but they go to the veggie garden into that uh, bowl of water. So I've, I've tried having the light on at night, having the light off at night. It makes no difference. They still go there. And then what I do is I scoop them up and I go to the front driveway and I do this. I do. And the magpies... Because magpies are clever, so they know every morning as soon as they hear that... Breakfast is served. I drop them all crickets on the driveway and they just gobble them all up. (laughs) There you go. Can you do the noise for us, Ian? Oh, no, I'm afraid I can't do the noise. Oh, come on, Ian. That's it, Steve. Oh, it's not bad, but... Um, So so they're definitely attracted because... There's nothing, because they burrow a fair way down and they have these little burrows everywhere, yeah. you can drench the soil with a, um, a neem oil, but that just brings them up to the surface, not, um, you know, it doesn't, it won't kill them. So, and people say, oh, nothing eats small crickets, but I can assure you that the magpies <laughs> absolutely love them. Yeah. Go uh, crazy well. for them. Very good. All right, I'll make a little swimming pool for them. That's it, Ian. That's it. It has to be sunk into the ground because they... Do you know with mole crickets, the males, it's only the males fly at night. Correct. Correct. Yeah, which is wacko. 
<laughs> I read somewhere where that uh, a detergent actually soaked in. Yeah, uh, that that breaks down the viscosity of the of correct. the water, and then they. But I actually like to get mine while they're still alive, so the magpies have got you know <laughs> a, a challenge. Bit, a challenge. <laughs> what a good idea! I'm a bit vicious as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks, Ian. Wow, that really took a turn, but I like your honesty. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. Cool, Look at that. Cool, cool. Silver platter, everything. Yeah, Co- oh, Coffee yeah, to yeah. go with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Nice, nice. music. Cafe yeah. music. You would. Oh, cafe music. Yeah. Speaking of which, oh, no. Ah, music. Speaking of which, we need to do this. No, we do. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. All right. Uh, Who have you chosen and why? Well, I've got a little bit of Cat Empire this morning. They're a great band. Have you seen them live? I have seen them live, yes. Go off like a frog in a sock. My husband saw them in Japan at Mount Fuji (gasps) and uh, he said the Japanese love them. But he just, he went berserk and there was another Aussie that he found maybe 40 (laughs) metres away and they just just went up. That would have been a cool backdrop. Oh, my God. Yeah, they do good work. We've had Felix Rebel on, um, you know, because he... He's done uh, work with uh, the choir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. So we're playing Oscar Wilde. All right. Cat Let, Empire. Let's do it. Let us know what you think. 0437 922 Empire, talented bunch. Harry wrote the theme song for which footy team was it? GWS. And then Felix Rebel helped with Spin Effects Gum. Gum. Yeah, they're such a great bunch, Cat Empire. That was Oscar Wilde. Uh, some great texts coming in. We've got a lot, a lot of um, somebody sending in weird vegetables. There's two carrots hugging. Oh, it's the most gorgeous picture of cuddling carrots I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's very, hilarious. very cute. And then a massive turnip with, with toes. Toes. Is it? It actually looks like a real foot. It that's does. Slightly swollen, been stung by a bee or yeah. something. But it's the most bizarre turnip. Yeah. Look, root vegetables do all sorts of strange and wondrous things. Mm. But the cuddling carrots, very cute. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to turn that mole crickets chat into a little, uh, I suppose audio episode yes. on the Saturday Breakfast yes. Show page. Definitely. So if you missed it or if you've got problems with mole crickets, you can go and click on it and listen to it again. And, and some of you is, have texted tune. asking... How to do the corbel. The what? <laughs> my tune, my, my magpie calling. Oh. <laughs> no request for that, Sabrina. You're oh. making that up. You just want to do it again. Yeah, so people have asked about uh, the workshop. So it's uh, soil health and regen farming. So it's this Saturday from 3.30 to 6. Is in the 29th of Feb. Yep, 29th of Feb. And uh, you can book at the Manjimup Visitors Centre. Um, and it's at the Power Up Electricity Museum Exhibition Space. Wonderful. So, And that's in Manjimup. But Manjimup. we will talk to you for Roots and Shoots yeah. from the Albany Studios. I'll be in Albany. Yeah. Speaking of which, we've got Maureen on the line. Hello, Maureen. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Very Good. well, Maureen. I've got a tractor seed plant. Oh, yes. Very- very unhappy. I've had them out two years and it was beautiful, but then it got masses of rust on it. Oh. So I was um, bathing with, I would soak a rag with, with carburel and I'd wipe both 
top and bottom of the leaves. Yeah. I yeah. eventually cut all the leaves off, yeah. but it, it still just won't get going. Uh, just, new leaves come up, and as soon as they get about, oh, you know, four to five inches, I'm still in inches, uh, um, they they uh, get covered in rust, and it's just not, not, keep going, not yeah. doing well. Okay, I would switch to spraying them... Um, with copper oxychloride, Maureen. Okay. So ligularias are quite—they're quite prone to to rust, um, oh. and you have to remember, rust is the one fungicide that lives within inside the living tissue. Yes. So it's good. That's why it's so difficult to control. Uh-huh. Um, you might even need to dig it up and can you dig it up and move it? Well, I've got it in a big pot. Oh, it's in a big pot. You know yeah. what I'd do, Maureen? I'd take it out of the pot, shake all the soil off and pot yeah. it into fresh new potting mix. Uh, and, and what sort of manures does it like? Well, I, I, wouldn't give it, I wouldn't give it any manure at the moment because no. you want to get rid of the rust. So uh-huh. um, I'd just give it a slow-release fertiliser. Yes. But shake all the dirt off or even wash it off if you can. Uh-huh. And then, problem. yep, and then fresh soil and just slow-release fertiliser for indoor plants. Okay, and then you don't put any manures up by having you mm. a bit of cow manure and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but you've got to wait until the, the rust is under control and then cow manure is fine, Maureen. Okay, thank you so much for that. No worries. Good luck, Maureen. Uh, We've been talking a little bit about rain in Perth, at least. We've had some drizzle today. Anna has said, Sabrina, tell me what the magic ingredient is in rainwater. My garden is well watered, but five millimetres of rain and suddenly everything is bright green and perky. Is it nitrates or something else? And we've seen uh, the side-by-side photos from uh, Mm. over east where where the fires have hit and then they get a bit of rain and it's it's green again. So what what is it? It is. It's the nitrates in the atmosphere. So what happens is when the rain actually comes through the atmosphere, it brings with it those the, those nitrates come down and and the and the plants soak it up um, because when you've got rainfall, particularly if you have summer rainfall, the it, you've got much greater humidity. So the stomata, the the cells on the leaf tissue are opening and closing, and they actually absorb they can absorb a lot more. So they'll absorb all those nitrates as well. So you could water your plants from the top of your apartment building and it no. might get more nitrates? No. No. Oh. Uh, well, you'd need, you'd need your apartment building to go a uh, oh, well, very long I just want I, I was trying to think of but a solution the, for Anna. But the other thing is, don't forget, mm. in our water, all our water is chlorinated. So the other thing about rainwater oh. is it's, it's pure water. So there's no chlorine in it, which does affect the quality of the water the for fluoride? a plant. Does fluoride matter? Uh, I don't know about fluoride, but definitely I do know that um, that that chlorine does affect plants. Yeah, so, interesting. Which is why if you're mixing up a copper-based spray, you have to use rainwater or distilled water because steam water, which has chlorine in it, is it um, it affects the the function of the the, the, the copper spray. Wow. So Interesting. Great question. Mm. Lots and lots of texts coming in. Uh, let's go to the phone lines quickly and then we'll look at some of these beautiful photos. Joe is in Coolin. Good morning, Joe. Oh, good morning, ladies. Hello. Um, to 
Sabrina, I've got um, an apricot tree that has got probably 50% of the branches of snapped due to the weight of the fruit. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, so this happened back around Christmas time. Yeah. Just, I know it needs pruning. Just wondering how hard I can prune it back. Okay, so if it's, you know, if it's getting really heavily loaded, you could certainly take 40% off, Joe. Now, with apricot trees, you should only prune them about once every three years anyway. But if it's, you know, if it's getting really weighty, then take 40% off. And the best time to do that is probably um, at the end of March. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll see you back now. Well, has, it, has it finished fruiting? Well, I'm finished, oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, you could do it now. Uh, the only thing is you don't want anything new sprouting and then we get a heat wave. Okay. So I'd yeah. leave it to mid-March if you can, Joe. Well, the branches, um, some of the branches are probably five centimetres, um, you know, wide. Or yeah. Wide. Yes, yes. Um, so I just cut that to below, you know, where, that's where they've broken. Yes. Cut back and... Um, yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fine, Joe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And just give it a general all over here cut kind of thing. Yep, definitely. Yep. Yeah. All around. And open the centre up a bit, you know, if you've got any any branches that are crossing into the centre of the plant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Okay, Jenna. beautiful. Thanks, Joe. Uh, on the text line from Felicity, why is my mango uh, giving large fruit? on one side over the shed roof and small fruit on the other side over the chook run in Geraldton? That's a great question. So, um, different when you've got a tree, different the root systems can, can deliver food and nutrients to different parts of the tree. So that's why when you have a big tree and you sever a root off, maybe half the tree will die, but the other half it's fine because oh. that part of the root servicing that part of the tree. Now, if the fruit is smaller uh, where the chicken run is, it means that the, the, chook, the chook manure is changing the pH of the soil. I'd say it's making it very alkaline and it can be that there's too much phosphorus going in, but I'd say it's changing the pH of the soil. Oh, wow. So the tree is trying to compensate by not uptaking those nutrients because it's not so good for the tree and the fruit will just drop off. That's so interesting. Because trees are extremely intelligent. Mm. All plants are quite clever. Yeah, they compensate like mm, that. Very interesting. I hope you got to he- uh, hear that answer, Felicity. The text line is a very busy place right now. Lots of photos coming through. Uh, Rain has said, can you help me identify the plant in this photo? It's about two metres high, flowering at present, mauve pink flowers. Can it be pruned and what care does it oh, need? Oh, that's beautiful. That's a bohinia. So um, uh, bohinia blakeana. So the other thing it's called is the Hong Kong orchid tree because it has a, an orchid-like flower. Mm. and um, It's a beautiful magenta colour, isn't it? Stunning tree, and yes, you can prune it. It's in Burragoon. Just take a third off it. Uh, I'd get some compost and, you know, a bit of... I'd use a high mineralised fertiliser on that one. Um, so you prune it in winter when it's dormant. All right. Um, somebody has said mole crickets, maybe a molasses and milk soil drench would work, question mark. 
I think they'd go, mm-mm, thank you very much. <laughs> molasses. Now, there's a big thing about molasses and they use molasses a lot. When there was no fertiliser after the Second First World War, they actually used molasses as a, as a fertiliser. But it... it doesn't have any fertilising qualities, but what oh. it does do mm. is it feeds microbes in the soil. And we'll probably talk about this a bit on the workshop that we're doing on Manjmup and Saturday. So what they found, so farmers found that the crops grew better mm. where they'd put molasses, thinking then they thought, oh, it's like a fertiliser. But oh. in actual fact, it just fed all the microscopic fungi, bacteria and protozoa in the soil. And then people started using it as a root, not nematode control. Okay. But it actually doesn't do that either. Oh. What it did was feed a certain bacteria and a, a, an aggressive nematode that attacks root, not nematode. So it's a beneficial nematode. And there's a bacteria that parasitizes nematodes. So... Oh. so so it's so it's surrounded by misconceptions. <laughs> Absolutely. So molasses and milk and, and any of that is not going to have any effect on you. Uh, you know, it's like going that the whole crickets will go. Oh, oh, a little, a little bit to eat. We're we're getting the, the breakfast served to yes. us now. What a and great then time! We'll be served to others. That's right. You've got another old friend calling in. Ah, Stecky from Exmouth. Good day, girls. Good day, Stecky. Yes, I've got a, um, as you remember, I've got um, six special, you know, French, French pennies. pennies, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know the ones I'm talking about now. Yes. And they, but they seem a little bit, uh, a bit different, or maybe it's just my imagination. I've got them in, in 15 um, potting bags. Now, there's six of them, and they're, they're pretty high, right? Right? They're about five, nearly six foot. Can I treat them the same as I treat normal frangies? I just yep. cut them at an angle halfway down and... Um, yep. Take the head off. Some of the frangipanis, Stecky, will have that growth pattern where they're just a single stem. They just go straight up. Yes, I know. Yeah, and that's the... The same as the, the other little rest of them, sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they do that because they're more tropical and they've got to shoot straight up to get sunlight, basically. Oh, but why? you can definitely cut their heads off. I love the heat up here, mate. Did yeah, you I bet they do. <laughs> I did you, bet they did do. you have the orange one, Stecky? Oh, I've got orange, but now this is a totally different one altogether. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I won't mention it over here, but Sabrina knows exactly what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> cut, his, cut his head off, Stecky. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to flower. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. well, oh, yeah. Wait for it to flower and then cut its head off, Stecky. Well, no, I want to cut it off. I'm going to cut it back now and just see what, how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I only do it to a couple of them to see if it... Um, yeah. Ex- experiment. That's yeah. the way, Stecky. All right, Mike. Okay. Thanks, Stecky. See ya. 1300 720. Albert is in Meadow Springs. G'day, Albert. Oh, hello, Sabrina. Hello, hello Albert. I'm, I'm pretty good, thanks. But my uh, passion fruit is, is it's a young plant, and I had the first crop, I had eight passion fruit. Mm-hmm. And and they were all nice, and we ate them, and they were good. And now, on the second lot, I got about 24 blossoms. Wow. And they all shriveled up and fell off. Oh, that's so disappointing, Albert. Yeah. Albert, have you got, were there plenty of bees around? 
Yes, there are bees around, yes. So, I, I have actually seen them uh, working in the blossoms. Ah, okay. Um, did you have any strong winds or any weather yeah, events? We did. Yeah. yeah, we did. We had strong winds. And that really affects pollination, Albert. Yeah. So, unfortunately, there's not much you can do about that. Um, I lost a lot of fruit this year as well, Albert. I didn't get, you know, lots of things didn't didn't work for me this year. Yeah. So what what does help with the passion fruit, Albert, is trace elements. It helps with fruit set. So if you could get some trace elements and you, you're buying a packet and you mix it up in a, a spray bottle and you spray it on or there's another one you can get that you just... Spray clip. it on the leaves? Yes, on the leaves, all over oh, the whole okay. plant. There's another one you can get that you, it's already made up and you click it onto your hose and you spray the entire um, uh, passion fruit vine and you start doing that in spring, Albert. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that will really help with fruit set. Yeah, because the, the, the plant looks healthy and oh, yeah. it, yep. it grows. I've, I've strung some lines yes. up and, and it grows along there. And, yep. Uh, for no, and, and I thought it might not have enough fruit, so I put some horse manure around the base. Yeah. And, but it was too late. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. like the wind. Yeah, well, so spring, um, for anyone growing passion fruit, you've really got to start pumping pumping it up with um, get trace elements, get the fertiliser that's got the microbes and the 62 minerals in it, and that's what they need to, to develop fruit. All right. Let's see how many calls we can get in before the news at 10. Uh, Cheryl is in Albany. Good morning, Cheryl. Hi. Um, Sabrina, I just want to know that um, plant, is it called the pelargonium? No. No, it's definitely called Greyer Sutherlandii, G-R-E-Y-I-A, and then Sutherland, Sutherlandii. And are they available here in Australia? Well, they must be um, because we had our caller from Esperance and she, she bought hers at a market. Okay, wonderful. So, but I, do you know what? I've never seen them in any nursery, Cheryl. Oh. So you'll have to go to markets or come to my garden. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure you would you would welcome because you're great like that. Um, thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Chris and Leadable, some pictures. Black Genoa fig tree. Oh yeah, black Genoa. I've got yeah. one of them. Has a, a virus after um, is. It has this virus after every crop of figs. Uh, let's have a look. Oh. So little white speckles raised from the leaf. Is that scale? That's scale. That's not a virus. That's scale. Mine <gasps> got hammered a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's um, – now, there's lots of different scales and you've got the really small one. Yep, all those little white dots there, Steens. Yeah, right. Um, and you can see the mature ones. Oh, the shell-looking The, the shell-looking ones that are brown. <gasps> you need to get onto that – Post haste, you can't spray oils when it is above 33 degrees, though. So once you've harvested your crop, then spray it and then in winter prune it and then spray it again. All right. Joy is in Bustleton. Good morning, Joy. Oh, good morning, ladies. I have a desert rose, which mm-hmm. was beautiful. Yeah. Now I've got seed pods, which oh. 
six inches long and yeah. I'm wondering what to do with them. How exciting, Joy. They're like those helicopter blades, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, the limb, the so, limb, I don't know what it is. It's not a limb, really. It's a, no, no, no. It's a seed pod. They're yeah. related to frangipanis. They've got the yeah, same but seed. They, but the... The limb, and I'm uh, sure it's not a limb that they're on, is way is is weighted down with the. I weight bet of it the is. Pod. Yeah. So what you have to do, Joy, is you're going to have to get a little stocking or paper bag and tie yep. around those seed pods because when they dry, they split open and right. the seeds fly everywhere. Uh-huh. So, um, so you collect the seed um, and then cut the the pod off, right? Uh, and then you can germinate them. You sow the seed in. You've got to use seed raising mix, and you cover the seed very lightly with vermiculite, and a nice warm spot, not in the sun, and you mist spray it until germination, and then you've got. Lots of desert rose. Wonderful. Thanks, Joy. Uh, Jim on the text line, how do you treat brown rot in peaches organically in Mount Barker? Okay, there is an organic uh, copper spray that you can use. It's called cupric hydroxide and that's what the organic gardeners use as a fungicide, cupric hydroxide. Wonderful. Terry is in Pemberton. Hello, Terry. Oh, hello there. I've got a magnificent, well, it was a magnificent staghorn, huge, <laughs> and it's just suddenly, well, since Christmas, gone sort of pale and droopy, Ooh. and I'm really worried that I'm losing it. Yes, it sounds like you're losing it. Um, mm, is there any little caterpillars that are eating the leaves? Doesn't, the leaves don't look eaten. No, no. So, but they're just all droopy and, and hanging. Well, it dropped one of its what do you call the things that hang down? Yeah, one of its um, arms. But it's only got one leaves. of those left. It sounds to me like it's rotting, Terry. You might need to get a... I'd, I'd use half-strength Mancozeb spray on that. What is it? Mancozeb? Mancozeb, Z-E-B. Z-E-B. Yeah, because it sounds to me like it's rotting. Right. Can I have been watering it too much? No, not really. I mean, in a rainforest, they get water nearly every day. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but it definitely ease off on the water and then just yeah. see if that improves things. But, you know, get the get the Mancozeb spray onto it. All right. Uh, just a quick update for those of you who are interested in the Rottnest Channel Swim. It's happening today, the 30th event. The lead swimmer is 500 metres away. Lars Bopalia, Bopalia 22-year-old from Holland, who was third when we spoke to the to the crew earlier on. So we'll wait and see how it finishes. We can get some more calls in, though. Pam is in Waruna. G'day, Pam. Hello, Pam. Oh, good morning, ladies. And um, I think I need to kidnap you and tie you down. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good call to come in just before news. What did we do? Many things. <laughs> oh, I'd love to just grab her and tie her up and just and don't let it go until I finish asking all my <laughs> Should have got you on at the start of the show, Pam. We've only got 60 seconds left. How, yeah, how can I'm we help? Busy. I've got to go like mad. Oh, my God. Best time potting me. Say that again. Which is the best home potting mix? I'm, I'm upset about potting mixes. So oh, okay. I'm trying to make my own. Okay. So you need good, question. good sharp sand, good quality compost, slow-release fertiliser. You've got to make sure it's free-draining so you can add some co- coir peat, coir peat, sharp sand, compost, 
Slow release fertiliser. Very good. Oh, thank you so much for all of your calls and texts today, especially those that we didn't get to. You'll be back on air with Jill on Wednesday. You'll be broadcasting to us from Albany next week. Good luck in managing up with the workshop. Oh, thank you. Mm, have a good weekend, everyone. Mole Crickets will be up on the website at ABC Radio Perth. See you next one, 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.